0: Well, again, welcome everybody here to the Intersection Worship Service here at St. Matthew's. I'm Brian, one of the associate pastors. And also, again, I'd like to welcome those that are watching online and worshiping with us remotely. We'd like to welcome you as well. Uh, Today, we are going to begin kind of a new series, a new theme for the next, uh, actually, eight weeks. Okay, And what we're going to be looking at is famous, well-known Bible stories. That we probably all, at one point, if we had the benefit of going to Sunday school as a child, probably heard these stories. But yet, we may have forgotten a few of the details, you know, and may have to look at it at a different angle. And so, we're going to be looking at some of these well-known stories over the next few weeks. And uh, a big shout-out to Meredith from the office, who designed this whole new card thing for us. So, yeah! Yeah! It was no easy feat, but she did a great job, and there is a space on the back for anybody who wants to write down anything that the Holy Spirit puts in your mind while we're hearing the good word. It's got spaces for you to do that on the back of these cards. So today, we're going to start off in Genesis with the story of Joseph and his coat of many colors, and so we're going to begin with chapter 37, verses 1 through 11, so I invite you to follow along with your Bible or Bible app, or you can... Uh, follow along on the screens as it is presented there. So Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. And this is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock. And his brothers, he was a helper to the sons of Bili and Zephi, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children because he was the son of his old age and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father had loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Once Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream that I dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. And suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Then your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to have dominion over us? And so they hated him even more because of his dream and his words. He had another dream and told it to his brothers, saying, Look, I've had another dream. The sun, the moon, eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What kind of dream is this that you've had? Shall we indeed come, I and your mother and your brothers, and bow to the ground before you? So his brothers were jealous of him, and his father kept the matter in mind. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, growing up, one of the things that I enjoyed the most, and we really don't have that opportunity today because of how technology has changed things, but I enjoyed growing up on Friday nights, Saturday nights, Watching those family TV shows growing up that we all used to gather around, mom and dad and siblings, and watch before you go to bed, it's kind of gone today because everything is so streaming-wise, so digital, you know? You spend hours scrolling, trying to find something, then when you watch it, you don't like it, you just give up. It's what usually happens to us. But I'm going to show my age a little bit and kind of call out some of the shows that I enjoyed watching growing up. It would be Full House, Family Matters, those shows, um, Tim the Toolman Taylor and his family. That was one of my favorites watching that one growing up. Those were some of the shows that my family and I would gather around. We'd watch, laugh, have a good time. For some of y'all, maybe older shows. The Andy Griffiths Show is one of them. And interestingly, I like to call that show out because it was very unique in that day and age to have a show that had the father as the primary role of raising a child. And we don't really think about that much today. But back in that day and age, that was very unique to see on national TV so we have these shows that we'd like to watch because we like to connect to them we'd like to see the family dynamics play out in these shows and we're like oh yeah my brothers or my sisters and I we all had that kind of fight before oh we all have gotten in trouble with mom and dad about this before and we'd watch it play out on TV usually in a funny way and have those moments and connect to the show and then there'd be times where we would watch the shows and we'd be like, man, I'm glad my family's not that messed up. We can at least we're not that family that's on TV right now. And so we have these moments to where we would feel good about ourselves. We'd be like, oh, we would never do that. That would never happen in our family. But as good as these shows are, and as unique they are to us in this time, the Bible is also full of stories about families and family systems, and family dynamics. Just as this story that we just heard is about Jacob and his family. Now, let's back up a little bit and let's, let's uh, remember who Jacob is. Who Jacob is. How he fits into the storyline of the Bible in Genesis. Well, Jacob's grandfather is Abraham. Okay, His father is Isaac, okay? That's where he fits into this family tree of Genesis here that we're learning about. Now, Jacob had a twin brother, Esau, who he tried to trick his father Isaac in gaining favoritism, and gaining the birthright of the firstborn. So Jacob and his mother tried to trick his dad. And then he had to flee from his brother because his brother was going to kill him. So he fled 200 miles to go live with his mom's family, where his uncle basically took him and sold him into slavery for seven years. And then Jacob fell in love with one of his cousins. Yes, this is the Old Testament. And then his uncle would not marry off the cousin that he loved. He married the older cousin that he didn't like first then tricked Jacob again to work seven more years into slavery for himself to get the cousin that he actually loved. So he married two of his cousins. They were sisters. That's not going to go well, okay? And then along the way, Jacob picked a favorite wife. In Scripture, the favorite wife. And that right there should tell you that he was good at putting his foot in the mouth. So he picked a favorite wife. Rachel and just like Abraham and Sarah Rachel was barren and could not give him a child but Rachel's sister Leah could so he had children with Leah eventually Rachel felt so bad she said here marry my servant so he gets a third wife have children with her and he did well, then Leah said, well, she's doing that. Well, here, have my servant and marry her. I'm done having kids. Have kids with her. And he did that. See, Jacob's just not doing real good right now. He seems to go along with the plan, though. Then he finally has a child with Rachel. And that's how we get Joseph. Joseph is one of 13. His half-brothers and sisters came from cousins and female servants, So this has already got family system, red flags all over the place, okay? All over the place. Just imagine being a sibling in that bunch of 13. 12 boys, one girl. And then Jacob does it again. He picks a favorite kid. Now, parents, if you have a favorite out of your tribe, you don't name it. You just say, oh, I love you all, right? You don't name it. Or for my teacher friends out there, You know, you have that favorite student. You may not name it, but in your mind, you're like, if I had a class of kids like this one, it'd be such a great year, okay? But Jacob names it. Joseph is his favorite because it came from the wife that he loved the most, from his favorite wife. So no wonder his siblings hated him. And not only did Joseph claim that he had a favorite son, he made him a robe, a coat, a long coat of many colors. So he'd stand out as the favorite kid to ingrain it into Joseph's head, like, hey, I like you, and you get a robe. Now, why is that important? Why is getting a robe important in that day and age? They were shepherds, as it says here. They were out in the field. So they're more of an agricultural base, hard labor based type of family. When you have a robe on, you're not doing any work you're not doing any physical labor. It's long. It's got long sleeves. It goes down to the ankles. You are right there, not going to do any work and also represent to your brothers and sisters that I'm better than you. I'm your supervisor. I'm the chosen. I'm the favorite. And so you have all this playing in right now, all this playing in. And then Joseph, here goes Joseph, he has these dreams. Now sometimes... It's good to share dreams with people, especially if you think, oh, I need to like kind of talk this through with somebody because I don't know what this means. A lot of times dreams are just kind of the thing that you were dreaming about when you woke up. Nothing really major. But God at times does speak through dreams. And so that is when you do pay attention. So Joseph had these dreams and he has his dreams about these tall, tall sheaves here, all gathered around, 11 of them bowing down to his and he had this dream and told his brothers and his brothers when they're hearing this dream they're like you know we can count there's 11 of us and one of him he's telling us that we're gonna bow down to him that ain't happening no way jose i'm not doing that no we're not doing that and they got even angrier because he's the chosen one right he's wearing the fancy robe jacob picked him and then he has another dream now it's about the stars and the moon and the sun, and it's referring to his brothers again. But then, mom and dad, right? And dad, Jacob, just kind of blows it off. says, oh, we're not going to bow down to you. Brothers got angry again. The story here, as it starts out, looks pretty rough, right? Kind of like a rough family dynamic going on right here. Cousins, sister wives, servant wives, children from all of them. And then Jacob picks a favorite wife and picks a favorite son and gives him a coat and all this kind of stuff. Now the brothers are angry. If you continue the story, as many of us know, the brothers plot to kill Joseph. They had enough. They had enough. They're going to push him into a big old hole, leave him for dead. But they decide to sell him off. They decided to sell him off. And eventually, because he lived, Joseph would work his way, his course of life events would eventually lead him to be an advisor to the powerful Pharaoh of Egypt, where he would begin to advise and work for the Pharaoh and find favor with him. And because of Joseph, Joseph had a really smart mind and was able to come up with a plan that would prevent Egypt and the surrounding area to fall victim during droughts which would save the nearby people. And eventually that would save his distant family that sold him off. They would come back to him, be redeemed. And so through Joseph's trials, he was still used by God to save people and save his family, even though he couldn't have said, forget it. Y'all left me for dead. Y'all wanted to get rid of me. But he didn't. And because of that, because of God's goodness, those 12 brothers would eventually become and spur off the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, you see, Jacob's name, which I think is interesting, Jacob's name was changed to Israel because he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And Israel means struggles or wrestles with God. But I like struggles with God. I mean, how would you like to be called struggles with God? But if we're all honest, I think we all carry the name Israel at times, right? There are times in our own lives where we do struggle and wrestle with God through whatever situation we have. And so I think that name is important, struggles with God. You know, some mornings when we're trying to get out the door to get everybody to school, I know some of y'all have said this, it feels like we're riding the struggle bus today, Right? Trying to get all the kids that were back at school out the door and get to work and get everything taken care of for the afternoon its a struggle. But if we're honest, we also struggle with God at times in our own lives. So Jacob's name is Israel and his sons become the 12 tribes of Israel. And because of the 12 tribes of Israel, eventually you get the kingdom of, of David and his rule. And eventually from David, you get our Messiah and his family. Because of these moments here, because of Joseph finding uh, favor with the Pharaoh and saving his family and the villages nearby from drought. It's interesting how God had all that kind of in his mind as a possible path for this, how Jesus Christ comes from that. But let's look at Jesus. Did Jesus come from the most picturesque families? No, he did not. His mom, Mary, got pregnant. ...with him before she was married to Joseph. In that day and age, she could have been put to death. That was a a crime punishable by death in that culture to be pregnant before you were married. But Joseph quickly married her. Kind of like a shotgun wedding. And then shortly after that, they got out of town and went to Egypt and fled... And then when they came back to Nazareth, everybody in Nazareth kind of knew the story of Mary getting pregnant and the shotgun wedding and the fleeing to Egypt. His family system was quite unique as well. We don't know what happened to his dad, but we know he's probably dead or not present by the time of the crucifixion. So his dad didn't live very long afterwards. And interestingly, his dad's name is Joseph. And the other piece there, too, that we think about, If you look at Jesus and how he comes from a broken family, you'll read in Scripture that even his brothers at the time before his crucifixion didn't believe in him. So there's a lot of parallels to Jesus and even Joseph. There's a lot of parallels in both of their stories. One of my favorite Bibles, and I was going to bring it today, but I'll bring it another Sunday to show. And some of y'all may have this Bible, but it's called the Jesus-Centered Bible. Many years ago when I did youth ministry, I gave that Bible out to the youth for confirmation. And what it does is that in the Old Testament sections of that Bible, everything that references Jesus Christ or is a parallel to his story in the Old Testament, those words are highlighted in blue. And when you just go and you thumb through the Old Testament, there's a ton of blue in there that connects the Old Testament to the Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And the one thing this Bible said about this story of Joseph is that Joseph's story parallels that of Christ and that they come from broken families, but yet because of God's grace, they push through and persevere and they save lives. And they save lives. For us today, what does this story mean to us? Yes, it is a good story to read about, to see the family dynamics. Like I said earlier, when we watch some TV shows, are like, I'm glad that's not my family. Well, I know That's not my family. (laughs) But what can I and what can you learn from Jacob's family and the story of Joseph and his brothers? Is that no matter what family you come from, no matter what your family structure is now today, no matter where you are in your life, how alone you feel, how exiled you feel, God can still use you. God still has a plan and a purpose for your life no matter where you come from. He used Joseph. He used Jesus, obviously. And there are many other characters in the Bible that we're going to learn about how he uses them too. And they come from less than perfect settings. Now, it's great if you've got, if your family life, you come from a good family and you have a good family now, praise God, that's good. Many of us probably don't. Many of us probably have family struggles. Many of us have things that we're probably not real proud of. But yet, we don't need to let that shame and doubt, we don't need to let that fear get in the way of us allowing God to speak to us. It should not get in the way of God using us. We should not put up that wall that says, well, I'm not perfect, my family's not perfect, no one's gonna listen to me? Yes, they will. The way you live your life, as you live it for the Lord, the words that you speak, as you speak like a Christian, that will draw people closer to God through you, no matter your circumstances, no matter the battles you have fought, no matter of your failures and the family you come from. That is what we're learning today. That is what the message is for us today is to not let the lies get in the way of us listening to the Lord. His grace is greater than all. His love is greater than all.